cheerio then to the Cowboys, Steelers, Rams, Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles. Into the divisional round we go. What am I working with? Dan, you have to take a, a finger. I feel for you all. You can do that. You'll only lose by 20. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not sure anyone saw all of that coming last week. All three of the Dolphins, Cowboys and Eagles are into their off-season and the divisional round of the playoffs is looming. Come on then, let's have it! It's incredibly boring. How is that yeah, boring? Uh, Carry on. You. <laughs> if anybody mentions Taylor Swift, it's a straight red card and a two-pod ban. We got everything right last week. Yeah, cruised it last week. I'm pretty sure I only got one wrong. Professional, one wrong. Unbelievable. I tell you what, I tell you what, it's Yes, welcome along. This is Utter Punts in association with endzonekit.co.uk and Beer Keller. Let's not use up all of our time here. We've already done that before we started. Let's say hello to the punts. First up in Birmingham, our resident Viking is Big Dave Keane. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How you are good? you? Yeah, you have some trouble with a bloke called Jack. Jack? No? Yeah. No? I'm sorted out for you. Fair enough. Uh, alongside me in Manchester, it's Ravens fan Dan Horton. Hello, mate. Yeah, are you? You okay? Yeah. All best sound. weekend of football of the year, this. Yeah, this the is, best weekend. Divisional is, weekend is the best weekend of the year. I can't wait to talk about yeah. it. We will talk about the divisional round, international player pathways, and of course, we'll preview all of the games available on UK TV this, this week. That's all of them, not some of them. I'll remember. I promise. This is Utter Punts. Uh, right, hello. Yes, how are you? Uh, before we go any further, if you are listening to this podcast, you might be interested to know that we are hosting two watch parties at Beer Keller over the next few weeks. The first one is for the Conference Championships Sunday Beer Keller. You can buy your tickets right now. Thank you very much to Greg, who sent us a message on Facebook this week to ask whether it was the Super Bowl we were doing or the Conference Championships or both. And when I said it was both, he sent me a photograph back of him coming to the first event that we did and said, ah. we'll be there again. Uh, it was the cool. Jets fan, the old guy that was the Jets fan <laughs> right on the front row. So he's he booked himself. Him. Yeah, he's booked, um, he's booked back in. Uh, I think that should probably be qualified. I'm not quite sure that you can just randomly blur out on a podcast. I pegged him because that... You did. I, I, yeah, odd. Uh, <clears throat> it's a game That's why that we play. Come back. Multiple, <laughs> multiple times. Multiple times, <laughs> It doesn't help. It's it, it's a game that we played that involves a clothes peg. You'd have to come to find out. And <laughs> I think you have to yeah, buy no, a ticket and okay. come and explain <laughs> it all night. Uh, so we're doing we're doing that again. Just for the the uh, yeah. <laughs> Dave's a classic pegger as well. Yeah. He's a good pegger. Right, round the rim of it, Dave. Is that yeah. what you'd you'd? I, I wasn't going anywhere with that, okay, mate. Cool. Your um, filthy mind. This has started in a very odd fashion, but we are doing two Super Bowl, uh, two watch parties, one for the Conference Championships, one for the Super Bowl. Tickets are available for both, but tickets are very, very, very limited for the Super Bowl. You're going to have to be lightning quick God. if you're going to get hold of them. Lightning quick. And uh, for the Conference Championships games, you can get your tickets right now. They're available from the Beer Keller website. Just head to uh, Beer Keller, just... Bang it in Google or whichever search engine you you prefer. DuckDuckGo, um, Alta Vista, Yahoo, You've lost me. Opera. Um, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, just stick in the search engine. It all it'll it'll arrive. Um, what's a search engine? <laughs> this this explains this, doesn't it? This a, this you're a analog. very analog human oh, yeah, being. Yeah. yeah, you're an analog human being. Uh, Shall we do the news, Dave? Let's do the news. I think you've got the Go best on. news this week, Go and therefore I think you should start. Well, okay, so. Everyone get your phone out. 
go onto Google and just type in these words, Eagles Meltdown. Now, you're going to get an awful lot of articles that pop up, an awful lot of stories on YouTube. That's fun in its own right. Using that search, I found one on NBC.com, which uh, is 10 reasons for the 2023 Eagles epic collapse. And I thought we'd share. I thought yeah, we'd let's share. Yeah, let's share it out, yeah. Yeah, so Nick had no answers. They go into that. Whatever. The wrong coordinators. Yeah, they did. That was fun when we highlighted that on the very first show of the year. Uh, the 49ers and Cowboys games, yeah, they went wrong. The defence stopped doing what it does best. Okay, the new guys were reliability, right? Jalen and Jordan disappearing act, yeah, that's true. Matt Patricia was a disaster, true. Big play nightmares, yeah, they had some nightmares. Nobody got better, they couldn't stop the run. Everything that they left out, the one important thing that was left out, What's this podcast cursing? Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's, it's going right at the top of the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% should have been number one oh, because it all tracks back to them. It, do you know, it's it, you look back at it now and it's almost like a premonition, isn't it? We name an episode, Die Eagles Die, on which we were basically saying that we thought that there might be a, a big speed bump in the road coming for them and... Not only was it a giant speed bump, it actually derailed the Philadelphia Eagles train oh, completely. 11 weeks in a row I picked them to lose <laughs> before that. Because they didn't look good all season. People are saying they fell apart, but they just got it wrong in the summer. Yeah. Uh, I said that at the time. They drafted well, but the coaching choices that they made, they didn't get a single first choice. And, and, and it showed, it's shown this season. And if Sirianni ends up getting sacked for that, I think he's unlucky because yeah. his entire coaching staff was, was going to be in demand after last year's Super Bowl. Um, and that meltdown kind of was expected to an extent, at least by myself. They actually did a lot better than I was expecting them to. So I can't knock them too much. But yeah, I don't think they can fire Sirianni. I think, I think it shows you how how short these windows are for these teams. Yeah. Okay, so at the start of last season, take your minds back, there was doubts over Sirianni, there was doubts over Jalen Hurts. Actually, the crowd were asking for Gardner Minshew to start over Jalen Hurts yeah, at the start of that year. Uh, and there was doubts over all the coaching staff. And some of the players were looking like they might retire, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox. Uh, they had a, a tremendous season last year. They looked really well. They should have won the Super Bowl, but they didn't. And they didn't win the Super Bowl. And it's so yeah. hard to get back to that game. And now, full circle, two years later, doubts about Sirianni, doubts about Jalen Hurts, and... Jason Kelsey has retired. Fletcher Cox probably will as well. And they're in, they're in turmoil. And in the space of two years, they've gone like Reggie Perry and they've gone up and down. And it's so short, this window of opportunity they have these teams. It's so short. I think they'll be back though because they have drafted well. They have got good young players coming through. But They've got, um, they've got a very big hole to fill. You've, already, you've mm. already mentioned it. In, in Jason Kelsey, who I think widely regarded as the best centre in the league, has decided that he's sort of calling time on his rather illustrious NFL career. Mm. That's it. That's a tough thing to do. I was just, I was watching a highlight just a couple of weeks back of um, Kelsey coming out of that centre position after he snapped the ball and sliding right to put the most incredible block in to allow it, it was it was superb and and unfortunately you know quarterback getting used to a new centre snapping the ball the the experience that somebody like that brings to the team it's a hole that's got to be filled and I, I just wonder whether the Eagles might be struggling slightly that's what it looked like they, to they me they do have yeah. Cam Jurgens who was actually drafted two years ago to be the replacement for Kelsey when he left but he's been playing 
is it guard or tackle for them? Both in guard, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I imagine he'll slide over side, and yeah. he's had two years with him. But, so I think that's their contingency plan and that's the kind of smart thing they have been doing. Good um, knowledge, Dave. Good knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like to me, though, when, when we look at it. It looked like to me like they were all flying high. These older guys, they're flying high after the, the, the success of last year and they mm-hmm. got so close. They came back. It seemed like a really good idea until they realised that they were any year older. It got really hard and they didn't have the other gear to go into. Yeah. That's what it looks like. They look like an old team in the end. Um, <clears throat> let's move on, shall we, to international player pathways. Mm. And somebody that we know from these shores, Dan, looks like he might be working his way towards the NFL. Yeah, so two things really. Lewis reed who's a Gloucester wing, uh, been playing for Wales. Wales. The Welsh fans really excited about yeah, watching him in the Six Nations. It starts in two weeks um, and he's decided to retire from rugby to pursue a career in the NFL through the International Pathway Programme. So I don't, first of all, I didn't know if many people would know about the International Pathway Programme. So I thought I might just explain a little bit of that to everybody. Um, every year, there are eight players brought into the NFL and they go to, they, they, they draw by a lot which teams or which, which divisions they can go into. So this year it was the NFC North and the AFC West and they get extra roster spots. So we talk about the three, 53 man roster. The teams get extra, extra spots on their practice squad and extra pots on their roster to carry these international players in and it gives the ch- chance for the game to grow so Lewis Reed Zemmett will join an NFL team this summer um, he will join their practice squad to learn the game now he's got tremendous physical attributes he's, he's big enough he's fast enough his hand-eye coordination seems to be good enough and he's 22 he's young enough but he's a lot older than a lot of play- these players who are as fit as strong mm-hmm. as powerful and they've been with playing experience. the game for 10 years so yeah. It's rarely worked with a play with a skill position player. Yeah, and we saw that, didn't we, with Jared Hayne, who yeah. came over to yeah, yes, San Francisco, yeah. didn't he, from yeah. um, the NRL, yeah. and did really well. Got onto the practice squad. Looked like he was. He didn't get cut from that practice nope. squad initially. Yeah. Thought that he might actually make it. Looked at him in preseason. Made a couple of really big plays, but. That was as far as it went because it, as good as you are, as good an athlete as you are, you're just not good enough to be taking a spot away from somebody that's been playing the game for that. There's time. a, I think it was OCU Manure this week said that it's the it's the percentage of people on earth that there's only percentage of people on earth that can play this game, um, and to play at a wing position or, or a skill position, they are they are absolute freaks of nature. Mm-hmm. But there is an ex rugby player actually on the Eagles, Jordan Mailato, who is an ex ex rugby union player, and I think it's different for a guy that's six eight, three hundred eighty pounds. Yeah. to play on the line you can learn that thing but the, the speed and the skill of these guys on the outside yeah, is is crazy. different and but what i think we should do is track him Let, let's let's track him through the off season yeah sounds good and let's update which team he lands on how he goes through the practice squad how he does in the preseason and see if we can follow him getting through to the um in the NFL. i love that i think yeah. that's a great shout that's a great shout um i'm going for my news this week with roger goodall he was in detroit this week did you spot this oh yeah oh no <laughs> I thought about this as a nomination for Utter Punt of the Week, but there's somebody that annoyed me more. So I've had to bump it up to the news. Okay. So Roger Goodall um, decided to go to Detroit and lord the officiating. Tell everybody just how good the NFL officials are in Detroit. They're still hurting from the neutral zone infraction rubbish that we... It, they're, yeah, they're not, they're not happy. Um... Uh, analysts aren't perfect, coaches aren't perfect, our quarterbacks aren't perfect, they throw in completions, running backs miss the hole, but we ask officials to be perfect, was the question that was put to Roger Goodall. And he followed it up by saying, they're making decisions out there in a matter of seconds. And you can imagine how well this has gone down in uh, in Detroit. I mean, sometimes you need your PR person, don't you, to go, I'm not... I, I, 
just avoid any questions about officials whilst we're here where they've suffered at the hands of the officials. I think it's good leadership. Because, yeah, yeah, because he's that. Listen, there's a there's a narrative out there. That it's all the people are talking about. If he goes out there, all of a sudden now, no one's talking about the officials. They're talking about him. He's going to take this. He's going to take it on board. And he's going to hope that the officials have a play, have a, have a pain free playoffs, and then no one will remember it. And there'll be other stories that people talk about, and this will just drift down the headlines. It's the same as the, who's talking about the artificial grass now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all anyone talked about for for six months, and now yeah. no one talks about it at all. It's, it's These things tactic, are in cycle. Yeah, it's a tactic that Goodall is employed. To, it's a bit Trumpish. He, he's literally there <laughs> to be the man who is the target for any kind of unrest with ownership. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, these owners meet every off season. They should really be doing something about the obvious gaping holes within their rules and their ability to enforce their rules, which is even more of a problem. Um, and instead, they just keep getting it wrong and wrong. Um, so, yeah. I can see why you considered him for a, for a nomination for a punt, but it is his job, man. He's literally paid. I feel it's, it's, you're right to pull up as a news item because it shows how import, how high on the agenda it is for the top of the league that the commissioners at a live having event talking about it, it like yeah. having to go and put his face to it. Like that's that's that, that doesn't happen often. I feel justified for not picking him for an utter punt oh. of the week. Now I feel like yeah. we've we've given yeah. some advice he's, he's and, and guidance. Love it. Uh, right, we are going to do the gaming section of the podcast very shortly. Stock market game and fantasy all coming up after we've heard from sponsors Endzone Kit. Utterpunts is proudly sponsored by one of the best kit suppliers out there, Endzone Kit. Endzone is a transatlantic company whose mission is to make finding kits a little bit easier and a little bit more affordable so you can represent your favourite American sports teams. Whether you're looking for NFL, college football, baseball, hockey or basketball memorabilia, Endzone's got you covered. With sizes from newborn up to 3XL, anyone can find something at endzonekit.co.uk. And one of the things that we love is that they have a whole range of retro and pre-loved gear so you can rock your vintage style while supporting your team. So why not head to endzonekit.co.uk and find yourself a bargain. And because you listen to Utter Punts, you can have a 15% discount at checkout when you use the code PUNTS. endzonekit.co.uk, the place to go for your American sports kit. And the wonderful folks from endzonekit.co.uk will be with us at Beer Keller for the Super Bowl. They'll be bringing some bits and pieces down and we can't wait to see them. It's going to be absolutely great. Uh, right, let's do the gaming section of the podcast. We will start with the stock market game. I have handed over all responsibilities for the stock market game to somebody far more responsible than me. And Definitely weren't me. No, <laughs> Dan. So Dan now gets to tell us where we all are. So the stock market game, just to explain to you, we picked four teams at the beginning of the season, one to do worse than they did the season before, and three to do better. For every position better they do, we get a point. For every position worse, for the one that we said was going to be worse to, we get a point. And negative points if they go in the opposite direction. Hmm. Like me. Hmm. So there's only two teams left that we picked. So there's the books, who you picked to be worse, who are... Guaranteed to be at least eighth. Okay. So better. Yeah. And there's the Lions, who I picked to be better, and they're guaranteed to be at least eighth. Okay. So they're already seven points better. They could get much better. Okay. And the books are already better, even though you want to be the worse. So it could get worse for you. So at the minute, you're on you're on minus seven, as it stands. Could be bad, though. Could but it? it could be on minus 19 yeah, that, if they let, win the Super Bowl. Let's hope for minus seven. Eight. Okay. So that's good. But you did pick Come the on, New Orleans Saints to be better, and they were. 
Oh, that's good. That's good. Four points. Well done. The Bears co- the Bear- and the Bears got you eight points, but the Washington cost you 14 and the Bucks could cost you a vast amount so, more. Look, a 50% pick rate is far better than I'm usually it's good fine. at, so it's I'll take effort. it. Listen, there'll be people listening at home that didn't even get a terrible prayer. Um, Dave, <laughs> Dave had the Titans to be better. They're four places worse. He had the Browns to be better. They were 11 spots. Broncos to be better. They were seven spots. And the Eagles to be worse. And oh my God, they were. So he got nine points yeah, for the Eagles. Yeah, but that was not looking promising for you for 90% of the season. And then all of a sudden, they've just cast but Dave said, Dave said I, all I, year that the Eagles won't be decided until strength. they get to the playoffs. Yeah. Because they can go from one to 14 very quickly. He did say it every week. So well Dave done, is on, Dave. and this is where it gets interesting, Dave is on 23 points. Okay. But Dave's finished. He cannot score anymore or lose any more points. All these teams have played. What are you on? I picked the Steelers to get me better. They were by yeah. three. I picked the Falcons to be better. They stayed exactly where they were. Okay. I picked the Vikings to be worse. Hilariously, they were 12 spots. Um, and I picked the Lions to be better. Now, the Lions... They still, they've got a game. They've still playing. So they're currently seven... They, the worst they can be is seven spots better. But they could be. Which would give me 22 points. Right. If they win on Sunday, they will, go, they will guarantee to be at least fourth, which would mean the game is mine. If they lose on Sunday, as long as they... Because they've got a better regular season record than the Packers and the Bucks... Well, they play the Bucks, but the Packers and the Texans... And they had the heads head over the Chiefs. Oh, my word. If two of those teams lose, as well as Detroit, then I get three extra points and I win by one. Oh, my <laughs> goodness, man. It's all going to be decided, essentially. All be decided on Sunday, because the Bucks play on the Lions. Sunday. <laughs> yeah. so um, I, I literally am going to have a quid betting against the results that I need. Yeah. Just, was, to, just to make you feel better. Yeah, make me feel better, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but no, it's, uh, the whole thing has gone down to potentially the, the last team being in it and like let's think about this that was between three of us mocking about with a concept this would I, be a hell of a lot of fun with a full uh, league like it really would mm-hmm. it really would uh, whilst we're talking about gambling um i thought i would just share with you why i do not bet on the nfl because this week a 60 to one shot a 60 to one shot i decided to have a pound at first result this it's like a sevenfold accumulator. First result in, second result in, third result in, fourth result in, fifth result in, sixth result looking very promising oh, yeah. with the Bills against the Steelers. Pretty sure it was in. I said to producer Randy, what should I do? He said, nah, you might as well roll the dice. You might as well roll the dice. I was like, I might cash it out after this one. Nah, I rolled the dice. I rolled the dice and I needed... <laughs> I needed over 43 points in the Tampa Bay game. Yeah. There was 41 points in the Tampa Bay game, but there was a failed two-point conversion <laughs> with the tush push, the brotherly shove. Mm. And I missed out on 66 quid because they failed to do that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why you should never take any betting tips from me. But why you should take them from me is that I had the same bet, and at the same six leg of my bet, I had over 40 and a half points. So I only needed 41. Now, it was 32.9. <laughs> so you can work out the exact amount of points I covered that by. It was a half of yeah. points. And, and, and my six time accumulator came in. Yes, and hey, therefore, well done, there me. is Merry the Christmas. difference between Skybet and Bet365, <laughs> yes. ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, you know, if that makes you feel any better one way or the other, then absolutely do it. Which either. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's for very wise for legal reasons. Um, 
Fantasy Game Day. We have a wonderful sponsor on the podcast called Fantasy Game Day. They make an app which provides daily fantasy based in the UK, all in pounds. Um, you know, brilliantly lovely looking app. It's got all of the information that you need to play daily fantasy. £7.50 to enter a team into the uh, into the league. And then um, if you register using the code PUNTS, you get a free entry every week we try and pick a couple of players one from dave one from dan that might be you know good value going into this weekend so dave who've you got for us for fantasy game day this week first of all sorry about last week everyone kenny gangwell didn't do it did he but he helped me too um <laughs> what i would say is i've done kind of the same this time i'm looking for the bargain basement players to play you can sneak in there to allow you to afford multiple better players in there and i'm going with josh reynolds of the detroit lions i think that sure. they're gonna have to try and uh stretch the uh tampa bay defense try and take the antoine winfield a little bit deeper to leave room for armor Ross and brown underneath so i think they're gonna go for some strikes early to reynolds uh, and he's only two and a half grand which is a, a absolute bargain yeah. basement signing i think yeah you should do Beautiful. better than 7.6 We'll He's a second second wide receiver for sure this week, so I, I I think that's a great shout, Dave, and really cheap. Nice, uh, Dan. What have you got? Uh, I'm going for Jared Goff. I'm going for his quarterback. Uh, Jared Goff's the cheapest quarterback, starting quarterback this weekend of all the eight. So he's cheaper than Brock Purdy. He's he's wow. cheaper than uh, Baker Mayfield, Christ's sake, um, and, and a thousand pound cheaper than, than uh, CJ Stroud playing on the road at Baltimore. Um, so I'll take Jared Goff. He's the cheapest quarterback in the in the, in the game this week. Um, and I think he'll light them up. I think they can light the books up. I think they'll do what the Eagles didn't do. The Eagles, the bad Eagles, kept that very close against Bucks on the road. This is in Detroit. They'll be hyped up. They already got the win of the belt last week against a tough Rams team. And I think Jared Goff will light these up. Lovely stuff. We have got four games to preview on the podcast this week. All of those coming up after this. Let's start, shall we, with the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Um... Why have you got your hand over your face? It's just not fun. Are you nervous? Well, yeah, yeah you are, fun. aren't you? It's not fun. Twentieth uh, of January, Saturday night, nine thirty at M and T Bank Stadium. Uh, Lamar Jackson is six and two at home this season. Mm. He didn't play the Steelers in Week eighteen, and has uh, only has one playoff win in his entire career which incidentally mm -hmm. is exactly the same as CJ Stroud, his opposite number. Um, th it, this shouldn't be close, should it? Uh, no, I don't think it should. I don't think it will be. Um, I think the Texans got a massive win last week, um, but they benefited from, from Joe Flacco doing what Joe Flacco was we said would do, which is turn the ball over. And they scored, they didn't just get the ball back, they scored pick sixes on both those, and they'd got a short field on one, so almost, they got 21 points from those turnovers, yeah. which flattered the score massively. Um, that said, listen, CJ Stroud played out of his mind. Uh, watching him move, there was a, there was a, a play that I watched where I thought, that is beautiful. So he, he turns to hand the ball off, and in the same motion, spins and throws the ball to the side, and it, it takes a very special quarterback to have that balance, and the vision to do that and land it perfectly, and I thought, he's a special quarterback, but... The Ravens have had a bye week. They've rested up. Marlon Humphrey's back. Marcus Williams is back. Uh, Kyle Hamilton will be back. Mark Andrews is even back. He's, wow. he's full full participant in practice today. Wow. The Ravens crowd at home will be vile. It'll be it'll be raucous. This Ravens crowd at home, and 
I just think with the rest, I think this this Ravens defense has scrambled the mind of many a quarterback this year, including CJ Stroud in week one when the Ravens polished off the Texans fairly comfortably. Um, I like this Texans team a lot, but this is a this is a buzzsaw. They're running into an absolute buzzsaw here. This Baltimore team is brilliant, and I think they will scramble CJ Stroud. And I don't think they've got much else other than that. So for me, it's a big Ravens win, and I'm not being biased. They're the better team by far. Dave. Well, I, I think Baltimore Ravens are probably the best team in the AFC, right? I know Dan still thinks different. I can't wait until you've got to watch that game, mate. Um, if that happens, but um, CJ Stroud, uh, he—I've not seen him wilt under pressure yet. I've seen him throw a couple of picks, but that was basically when he'd, he'd had a bit of a bang to the head. I think a couple of weeks earlier, maybe. Maybe I'm making excuses for him. But he doesn't really know how to how to lose a big game. When Ohio State did lose to the eventual college champs that year, it certainly wasn't on his behalf. They just had nothing that could stop the opposition and defence. And I think it will come down to Baltimore's offence versus the Texans' defence and just how whether or not they can reduce you to field goals. Because if they get you into a pattern of going for field goals, they've got more of a chance. I think that they can score on you, maybe three or four touchdowns and I think that you will actually have to score a few points to win this game but I do think you're going to do it I think even if Stroud performs again puts in another heroic performance the Ravens are just that damn good across the board I think what you're saying about Stroud there he's never looked flat he's never looked flat he's never looked flustered I think people said the same thing about Brock Purdy going into Christmas Day and the, the plan of this Ravens defence, who, by the way, have had extra time to prepare for te- the Texans because they, they, they wouldn't have been preparing for the Steelers. They'd already prepared for them twice. Um, I think that, I think they will scramble him like they scrambled Purdy. I think this will be a walloping. Uh, if Stroud beats the Ravens, he would become the first rookie quarterback in NFL history to beat the number one overall defence. And there is a, mm. there's a reason for that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going Ravens. Dan's going yeah. uh, Ravens. Dave's going... Ravens. Nah, sod it. You're going to hero pick the Texans? I'm going to hero pick the Texans and I'm going to count the fact that... You're going to be wrong and miserable. Well, you say miserable. Like, the worst comes to the worst. I get to see you progress, don't I, mate? Which, like, you know... (laughs) Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Uh, So so you... I'm going to go Texans. You're going to Texans, all right. Okay. Um... Okay. Uh, Green Bay Packers at San Francisco 49ers is the next one-sided game. Sunday, the 14th of January at 1 a.m. Levi Stadium. On paper, this should be all wrapped up nice and early. But it's the playoffs Mm. and anything can happen, Dave, can't it? Uh, Honestly, no, not in this game. No, I don't. I honestly don't know. It, it's a bit of a pick'em, and I missed what game we're talking about. The Packers at the 49ers, mate. Who? I oh, don't to, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, you, really. you can't veto it. We've only got four <laughs> games. You can't put something in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. No, I mean, like, look, the, the Packers looked outstanding. It was a great underdog performance. They're in pretty much every prediction I made last week because I didn't think they'd have it in the playoffs. Mm. They were going up against a good team. They were on the road. What a magnificent performance. I don't want to pick them to do the same again, and I'm most certainly not going to. Normally, the 49ers have got the number of the Packers. I guess this time around, we'll find out whether or not it was uh, it was Shanahan having Lafleur in his pocket, or it was basically Rodgers choking in a big moment. We'll find mm. out, won't we? Yeah, we certainly will. Uh, the Niners, for me, on their day, 
are the best team in the league. The issue is, the issue is, how many good, perfect days have we seen out of the San Francisco 49ers this season? Maybe two or three. Mm. And that lack of consistency, Dan, means that you never really know which Niners side is going to turn up. Whichever Niners side turns up should be good enough to get through this. I think I think this game will be a lot closer than the first game. Um, I really do. I think the Packers can score points quickly. We saw that on Thanksgiving in a big spot. We saw that on, on Sunday night against the Cowboys. So they can score points. I think that Dallas defence was um, shocking. It, they're, they're saying it was the worst defensive performance from Dallas for four years. Wow. Um, and they went 6-10 and ten one year, I think. So they're, they're, they were terrible. And Dan Quinn's going for head coaching job based on um, because they they were a good defense, but they played so bad. Stephen Gilmore awful. Mika Parsons not in the game. They they were terrible. And but the Green Bay exposed them. So were they bad or did Green Bay make them look bad? I don't know. But this San Francisco defense isn't. Well, if you get past the pass rush, which is you know Formidable. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, if you can get the ball out quickly, which they can, they've got good receivers. This secondary in the San Francisco 49ers, as the Ravens proved, is open to exploitation. If you've got a number of different receivers to pass the ball to, and the, the, the Packers have that. They've got really good receivers. Jordan Reed, Dontavian Wicks, um, Romeo Dobbs, they're all playing well. Christian Watson's back from injury. They've got a good tight end in Luke Musgrave. They've got options there. And Aaron Jones is running the ball well to keep them honest. So I think the Packers can keep this close. But you're right. I think the 49ers have been a level that's superb most of the season. Um, and every now and again are unplayable. Um, and there's very few teams that have that level. And I, I don't think there's, I, like you say, on their day, this San Francisco game can beat anybody in the league. And I think at their best, they're the best team in the NFL. Um, and I think they will have a plan to attack the centre of this Green Bay defence. I've talked about this Green Bay defence a lot recently and they keep showing me up by winning. But someone's going to exploit them. And Kyle Shannon's the man to that. I expect attack over the middle. They've got a soft middle with the linebackers. I think George Kittle will be blocking most of this game. So Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Brandon Ayuk, I think they're your three guys. And I think the 49ers just have too much. But this is a big scoring game. 49ers are 10-1 and when Christian McCaffrey rushes for 75-plus yards. So mm-hmm. if you see McCaffrey going for big numbers early, you can pretty much guarantee it's a 49ers win. Are we all picking the 49ers, boys? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah, yeah. I think we're all. That's a clean sweep. All right, cool. We'll be close. It'll uh, be a cracking game. That yeah, that's I'm really game. looking forward to I'm it. Quite looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah, that should be a good one. Uh, we will talk coaching corner after this. Right then, coaching corner is the next stop on our whistle stop tour of the podcast this week. We'll be um, we're we're on track for being on time, which is the yeah. first time that's ever happened. Uh, so plenty if, of time to ruin that. Yeah, no. If we can try <laughs> not to, that'd be that'd be great. Uh, so this week, um, you will have seen if you uh, are a subscriber to any of the big news outlets that do sports, so and like like the Athletic or you know everybody's talking about mock drafts Mm -hmm. so as the regular season has come to an end and we're into sort of the post season and eventually the off season everybody's trying to get themselves positioned and sorted for the upcoming nfl draft and i just thought it might be nice for us to explain why people are mock drafting now dave yeah so there's actual teams who are doing mock drafts. They do it all the time. And it's because the most important commodity when it comes to the NFL draft, which is when players are coming out of college. If you don't know this, may as well quickly explain what it is. When players are coming out of college, they, can, they basically uh, uh, um, not apply for, but state they're, they're joining the draft. They have to meet certain eligibility criteria and then they, they get counted as a player who can be drafted during the NFL draft, which means that they're going to be awarded uh, an NFL contract. And it scales from pick one uh, in the draft is the highest contract all the way down to Mr. Irrelevant, 
Brock Birdie, um, uh, who would be getting paid the least of the drafted players from that draft. And indeed, some undrafted free agents actually would be signed for contracts which are worth more than some of the contracts for later draft picks get. So that, that's what happens. It's basically a big ceremony where your name gets called out, and if the earlier your name gets called out, the bigger your prize. Only some poor guy might end up playing for the Bears. Um, <clears throat> so, the reason teams do mock drafts is because what they're trying to do is to identify what players might be available at certain spots within the draft themselves based on the commodity that they themselves have for the draft, i.e. draft picks. So, for example, this year you've got the Chicago Bears who are going to be number one overall. Now, if the player that they love, absolutely fall in love with, is actually a player who, based on the research that they do, based on other teams' needs and um, a quantity of data from mock drafts where everybody's going through pretending to make draft picks for each team, you can get to a point where you have an idea of where players are going to fall within the draft. And when you identify a player who you think is undervalued by everybody else, you, you're basically looking to get yourself in a position where you can settle yourself down and get yourself that player as opposed to taking that player too early. Why take a player at number one? if you can take them at 20, where you're going to pay less and you can potentially take more players later. I have a question. How many mock drafts do they do? And, and the reason that I ask that is that surely you don't want to end up in a position where you make, uh, you, you've decided that that's the order it's going to be, then somebody takes a pick that you weren't expecting them to take. There's got to be options. I can give you a famous example. Yeah. Um, the Saints mock draft that Patrick Mahomes was going to fall to them at something like 16, and the Chiefs took him. Uh, at 15 they, they jumped ahead and took him ahead of the, of the Saints and it's changed both those franchises massively because they waited and waited and they could have traded up and got him but they thought he was dropping so they didn't and someone else came and take him and that's Patrick with freaking my heart yeah, wow the Saints have a very unusual way of doing business in the draft because yeah. they basically identify a list of players that they want to take yeah. and then so long as they get those players they'll give everything else away yeah. I think the Vikings got most of the Saints mm. draft one year because the player that they wanted who I think was a fourth round tight end they just gave away everything else they had left just to be able to go and take this player because that's how they did it we've identified four targets but that's all we want now statistically that's not a very smart way of doing things because no one knows everything so what you're looking to do I think the smart thing is to always try to maximise the value. So Caleb Williams will probably go number one overall this year, but he could bust. Yeah. Anyone could bust. Yeah. You, um, USC what's the number one? There's lots of quarterbacks gone one overall that haven't yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that, that's the long and short of the mock draft, right? So um, they're putting an awful lot of research into gaining as much data as they can right now to try and give themselves the best opportunity when the actual draft rolls around before the start of the season. Yeah, because you, what you want to do is you want to maximise your draft capital as much as you can. So it's a bit like, you know, if, you, if, you, if you've got the 15th overall pick and the guy actually you really like is going to go 25, what you can do is you can trade your 15 pick backwards and maybe get a first and a second and still get the guy you want and get an extra pick. So you're trying to maximise the opportunity you've got from that draft every single year. If you haven't seen Draft Day Don't. with Kevin Costner in, it's, it's a it's pretty solid example movie. of the wheeling that and film. dealing that, um, or, or an illustration of the wheeling and dealing that can I mean, in and around there was the a, NFL There was draft. a great uh, thing. This, this You'll be able to Google it. If you search uh, Sean McVay um, in the draft room, it showed you them doing the draft pick for Puka Nakua. Um, who was in the fifth round, so they didn't have much early draft pick. And they were talking with, I think it's Les Sneed, the, the GM. At Los Angeles might be wrong. I think I know it is. It's Les Sneed. 
and they were saying, Leslie was saying, look, I know it's early, but do you want him? And they were they were arguing, saying, should we just give our, should we give the pick to go and get him because we like him that much? How disappointed would we be if someone else came and got him? And it's a fascinating conversation between the offensive coaching, the owner, the GM, and Sean McVay deciding him whether to use the pick and go, what they think is overdrafting this guy. Turns out he's the best rookie in history. Yeah, <laughs> do, do you know why he fell? A 4.740. Is, is that what it was? But it yeah. is. Yes. Wow. Um, it, it, would, it would have been a first-round pick, but yeah. he had a very similar athletic profile to another player who's actually on the Ravens at the moment, Laquan Treadwell. Yeah. Um, in that it, it was only the slow 40 time. Now, we still took him in the first round. But as soon as you take a player who's of a particular type and model, then that can set a precedent for players who come later. Right. So someone can end up being devalued because somebody else didn't like hit that. I, I reckon there's a whole episode to be oh, done is, is about the draft. But in terms of it. in terms of mock draft, we've given you a bit of an explainer as to what's going on, and we are going to move on because I, I can sniff a sub hour finish in the air, yeah. and the only way that we're going to be able to do that is if we get on with the previews, which are coming up after this. Kansas City Chiefs at Buffalo Bills. Oh my goodness me. Is this the game of this round? Quite possibly. 14th of January, 9.30. This could be absolutely monstrous. Um, the punt intern, rookie punt, Ollie, has written the first question. Is this the modern day Brady versus Manning? Uh, yeah, you, you could go there, I think, yeah. Eli. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about the game, Dan? Uh, I think it'd be a great game. I'd, I'd be looking forward to it more if Buffalo had arrived in any sort of health. They haven't. Uh, um, they were already sort of banged up. Um, they had, I think they had their three top three corners out and their top three linebackers out. And on, on the win over the Steelers, they lost another five players. Terrell Dodson, Christian Benford, Terrell Bernard, Terran Johnson and Brandon Spector and Sam Martin all went out as well. So they've now they're going to have to play the Chiefs without their top four cornerbacks, their top safety, and their top four linebackers, and Von Miller, and Gregory Rousseau. They are just and my fear is as good as they are, and I love this Bills team, and I think this might be a game too far. I think there's only so far you can go with just bodies on the field, and it's interesting to me. The only point I want to make is these two teams have flipped, and it's it's so intriguing when teams do this, and good teams can do this. The Kansas City Chiefs started the season as an offensive team, okay. They've turned it and they won against the Dolphins by being a defensive first team because they were unable to score in the, in the red zone because their offense isn't playing well. They accepted that and they took the points and they played defense and they backed their defense to win that game. And they did. And they're going to ride their defense now the rest of the way if they can. And Buffalo, by contrast, have done the opposite. They're a defensive team who, because their defensive players have all gone out, they've changed and they've become an offensive first team. So they're an aggressive offensive first team. And we see that with Josh Allen. And he's a real boom or bust player. But I, I worry about Josh Allen here feeling he has to do too much to accommodate the lack of the players and turning the ball over against a very, very good Chiefs defence. Dave? Yeah, I just want to see the Chiefs actually use Stefan Diggs as a wide receiver rather than just someone running jet sweeps out of the backfield. Um, the, the, sorry, Bills, like the, the Bills play calling. It's been effective, but it's dull. Um, and I don't think it takes any kind of advantage of the kind of wide receiver that Stefan Diggs is. But you can, you can only say Albert was a safety over the top so often. So what, throwing the ball? He's more than capable of making a contested cash. It's just that, yeah, um, I think unless they actually go all out on offense, switch things up and start trying to get some explosive plays, they're going to get ground down as well. I think Pacheco's going to have a big game. 
the player I also think might have a half decent game against him because of that absolute dearth of talent at cornerback is uh, Montel Vontes Scantling, the former Packers wide receiver, who's a six foot four unit who can run very quickly downfield. Um, it's a shame for the Bills. I think they are kind of at a point where it'll be a real brave rear guard action. They might keep it relatively close just simply because the Chiefs don't have that much in terms of wide receivers of their own. Um, but I can't help but feel that Kelsey's going to get himself open in the red zone. And even if Rashid Rice is injured, he, he should still attract enough attention to allow another threat somewhere. Um, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate one because I would like to see these two play fully healthy. But... Yeah. It is the Bills at home, right? We've got the Bills Mafia. Bills are at home, and, and, and it was only a few weeks ago. The Bills run when they were 6-6 six and six and ranked 14th in the in the AFC. Um, they went to Kansas City and beat them uh, when they were healthy. It was the game where Kadarius Tony was offside, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. Game back. Really that, was the game that, that was the game that flipped the Bills' season. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs 2017. Two things. One, this is Mahomes' first ever road playoff game. He's only ever played at home or in the Super Bowl. Wow. Um, and he's 5-0 and in champion, in divisional round games. So he's never lost in the divisional round, my Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I think, for me, it, he, he's going to do enough here. And it, it pains me because they, I think this Bills team, even half healthy, the Bills team that rolled out last week, um, would beat Kansas City. I just I think this is a game too far for the bank with, with a defence that's so banged up. I also think that things have just fallen into place for the Chiefs. Um and I think sometimes you get a season like that with teams where players get injured at the wrong time when they're about to play them. And, you know, they, they ran into a Miami team that was absolutely destroyed. The Ravens had softened them up. The Cowboys had, beat, had nearly beaten them. Then the Bills absolutely thrashed them. Then they go into Kansas City. They, they limped into Kansas City last week and the Chiefs took care of them. And I think the same thing's going to happen here. I can see the Chiefs making it through. And I, do you know what? I hope they do. That pains you, doesn't it? I hope they do. I want to see. I, if 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 I'm picking as if the Ravens win, if I'm picking who I want to face in the championship game, Kansas. It's the Chiefs, not the Bills. Uh, cool. So, um, who are we going with here? I'm going with the Chiefs. Dave, I can't not go with the Chiefs, even though I really do want the Bills to win. Bills and are massive like, favourites. Are they? They're three I, and a half point favourites. I, I, I don't get that. I really it's don't mem- understand it. it. It's, it's Which because of the way they played. Pretty much a coin flip, right? You nearly <laughs> said it. You nearly said the M word. It nearly fell out of your mouth. Momentum. You nearly said it's because of the momentum. No, I was going to say because of the money that's coming in last year. Because, the bills. So I, because a lot of people were about the Bills to win the Oh, you, you, okay. I thought, the you, money I thought that, you were no, going to go against be, one of your core principles. Because of the money that's coming on the Bills has knocked the price up for every game they play. So the, the bookies have got the exposure. Uh, I take it so back. They're, they're back they don't want people to back the Bills because they've already got enough money at risk on the Bills making it. Um, no, momentum in sport is non-existent yeah, we can go there if you want but you might go over a, an hour there's a podcast uh, on this that we did all the way back in season one you can go back and check that out um, on whatever platform it is that you want to do that from I thought you were going to say it I thought you were going to say it uh, I'm going to hero pick the Bills then because I feel like as a podcast we should hedge our bets on this one I hope you're right I, I just so. I just think that we probably should hedge our bets uh, into Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Detroit Lions. I don't know whether anybody saw that Eminem has posted a video on social media this week uh, calling out Dan Campbell and telling him that he is reporting for the third quarter where he's expecting to be brought onto the field and he will score the winning touchdown. Uh, he just, was very... We just need to clarify, this game is first on Sunday and the Kansas City Chief Buffalo game is after that at, at half 11. Yeah, so 8 o'clock for this one, half 11 for the... Uh, 
yeah. yeah, half eleven for the other one. Yeah. Um, this, uh, this I don't know. This one feels like it. If I was to put my heart in first gear, I'd very much like the Lions to beat the Bucks. Mm. I don't know about you two, Dave. What do you reckon to this game? I think the Lions probably will win. I think that. At home again, I've, I've, I've Detroit's been so, so starved of starved of success, um, but I don't know. I might just back Baker on account of the fact that I feel like someone should, because he normally turns up, doesn't he? He does a decent job as a QB, even when his arms falling off and stuff. So, is he the I underdog mean, here, Baker oh, yeah, in Tampa Bay? Oh yeah, massive. Detroit are heavy favourites, and and rightly so. They, they've been playing well. They've been playing well at home, and they can score points. And I don't think Tampa are that. Good. I don't think Tampa are that good. They're, they're not they're, very good. But no, they're not. They're, they're, and, and, they actually have a quarterback who's elevating them to an extent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that he deserves an awful lot of credit for that because he doesn't get any. Like He's still very much the, oh, Baker's always going to give you a chance. And he, and he is, but he's also going to give his own team a chance. And that, that's what you get when you get a gunslinger. Go on, Baker. Let's throw it out there. You remind me a little bit of Brett Favre. I was listening to something today and they, they said that they should the Browns should hire Baker Mayfield again next year and basically give him a contract to go to head to head with Deshaun Watson in the off season and see who actually is the better quarterback. Well we know who the better quarterback is. We know is. the better quarterback is. Yeah. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, I think I'm watching this game and I think that's gonna yeah. cause Baker a problem. So Aiden Hutchinson broke a record on Sunday, he became the first player since statistics began to record five quarterback hits and wow. two sacks in three straight games. Um, <laughs> he's really hotting up Aiden Hutchinson. How happy are you if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan and you hear stats like that? Mm. Yeah, you, yeah, you're a big guy. I mean, it was such a crazy thing when they didn't take the best player of the draft at number one pick because he happened to be from Detroit. Okay, yeah. wicked. Take him anyway and make him them trade for him. Yeah. Like, don't, don't, don't just not take the best player in the draft. He's six foot seven, an absolute freak of nature. At college, he was only beating people with reach. Now he's put together a pass rush routine. He's incredible. He's just yeah. a different gravy. Yeah. And I think he'll do what the Eagles couldn't do, and that's put pressure on Baker, which I think will cause problems for them. And I think on offense, Sam Laporta, he was obviously not 100% last week, but he did he did manage to play. Um, him back, Amirar St. Brown, Dave's already mentioned Josh Reynolds. I think Jameson Williams will be back for this game as well, and Dave already spoke about them wanting to stretch the field. He'll probably be the guy they do that. Um, Sam Laporta, they've got a double-headed game, a running yeah. game. Their offensive line is healthy. I, I, I can't see the Bucks laying a glove on them. I'm sorry. I think it's a Lions win, and, and I'm glad get their books out. I want good teams in this championship games this week. It was actually one of the highlights for me, the Lions game last weekend. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I guess because it was quite tight as well, wasn't it? And, and just good game. a properly competitive game of, of football. So what's so. this is a good roundabout now. So when the game we did, on, the first game we did on Thanksgiving when we did a live show was Packers, at, Packers, Packers at Lions. Packers at Lions, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> next Sunday, the championship game, the first game will probably be the NFC. And it could be Packers at Lions again. Packers at Lions again. Oh my <laughs> word! Well, if you uh, if Just you missed out, out notes from yeah, the six weeks ago. If you missed out on the uh, watch along that we did at Beer Keller on Thanksgiving, we you might get a rerun. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we've got some new games and various bits and pieces coming out for Championship Weekend. So if you did come down, yeah, I can promise you something new. That would be um, that would be pretty cool. Um, Jared Goff, thirty touchdowns, fourth in the NFL. Mm. Um, he has. 12 interceptions on the year. He's running at an average of a 97 rating. Amon Rasant Brown has 10 touchdowns and 1,500 yards. That's third in the NFL. Um, they are monstrously good, as well as the players that you've you've just mentioned. It feels to me like this is probably a Detroit win. But again, 
I understand where Dave's coming from in saying you've just got to keep an eye on Baker because he's Baker. Um, I'm going Detroit. Yeah, me too. Dave? Yeah, I'm going to go with um, with uh, my brother Cody and, and Baker. Maybe. Oh, yeah? Yeah, why not? Why not? with the Bucks. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right, okay, moving on to the bets. This should be fun this week, chaps, because... You've got four games to pick from. Are you going to go straight four Ackers? Are you going to? Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm going to roll me six timer onto a four timer. Okay, cool. Um, and I won't be taking this up. Well, just follow what I say. Don't don't go rogue like you did last. I didn't go rogue. I don't have a, I don't have an account on one of those two. I have an account on the other one. I went with the one that I had the account with. Foolish. Uh, Ravens and Texans over thirty nine and a half points. San Francisco Green Bay over forty one and a half. Detroit to win and Kansas City plus four and a half points is four to one. And we'll roll everything up we did last week onto that. Thank Lovely, jubbly. Uh, Dave, what are you going with? So uh, rather than lack around the games because like, I did feel quite bad that we kind of blew it on the first one. I did say to you before it, you might want to swap out. Yeah. Texans for Browns, but there we go. I wasn't even going to mention it. (laughs) Um, Zay Flowers, anytime touchdown scorer for Baltimore Ravens against the Houston Texans. He's a very good little player. Um, He is actually carrying an injury, so do keep an eye on that. Uh, Just in case, he's questionable, right? He should play, though, I'm pretty sure. He practiced practiced in part today, so he's not 100%, but I I think Mm. they'll play him if if they can. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey uh, for two or more touchdowns against the uh, Packers because I do think that for the most part it's going to be a nutritional game and I get yeah, feeling going to get some goal line carries. Uh, Sam Laporta, what a rookie tight end he is. Uh, anytime touchdown score for the Lions versus some Bucks. And then in the Chiefs-Bills game, I've gone with uh, Josh Allen as an anytime touchdown scorer because everybody else is injured and they don't throw the ball forwards anymore. Um, and that comes in at 24.47 to 1. All right, uh, long shot. So you've got a short shot and a long shot there mm-hmm. to have a little play with as you go into the weekend. That should be good. And that means that it's time for this. And it's time for Utter Punts of the Week. I'm going first this week. I am putting the Bills Mafia as my Utter Punt of the Week nomination. No, really, really careful. Oh, come on. So that's, that's family. Family with Bills Mafia. Anytime a fan throws anything onto the field of play... They should be immediately ejected from the stadium. I don't care whether it's coins, bottles, burger wrappings, or snowballs, as the Bills fans were doing at uh, at the weekend, throwing them at at the Steelers as they were as as the game was going on. Just bricks at the Steelers. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think it's acceptable to throw anything into the field of play whilst play is going on. I've seen it too many times, cause too many problems, and I'm just not here for it. So unfortunately, Bills fans, I normally have nothing but praise to throw your way but this week you're getting an utter punt of the week nomination so you've nominated them to get knocked out and the fans are not opponents yeah bold I've got Dave question, go on would it be okay for someone to throw someone onto the field if it was insulin and a player was ta- having a diabetic fit yeah but you wouldn't throw it onto the field would you you throw it to the man that was waiting on the sidelines no but you no, might you'd, not be on the sidelines you, 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 you on the field you're not going to launch you're not going to launch ampules of insulin in an unprotected box onto the field you're not and certainly i'm not sure as you've already said that you know stefan diggs is going to be able to catch that because you know remember last year they're not used to things being on the field some guy some doctor has got a defibrillator but he can't throw it onto the field he has to go for security to get on yes 
Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, Liam. Again, you're not throwing a £10,000 defibrillator from the stands to nobody on the field. That is definitely being passed or carried. No, I'm not having it. Nothing should what? be thrown onto the field whilst play is occurring. Uh, Andrew Berry, GM of the Browns. We haven't done you for a while. I mean, it's going to be the same reason. Deshaun Watson trade. You're paying Deshaun Watson next year $63 million. Oh, my um, God. He's not even... You've played four quarterbacks this year, and he's the worst. Joe Flacco's better. He's 38. He's been on his couch most of the season. Interestingly, though, you lost to the Browns. You lost to the Texans this week, didn't you? You got knocked out of the playoffs by the Texans yeah. with their rookie quarterback. Their rookie quarterback. Which they used one of the picks you gave them to yeah, trade. they did. Whilst your quarterback is not playing... Not only did that happen and you lost and you got outside the playoffs, it means that your draft pick that you also gave them for this year is now better because you're worse than them. So you are a prick and you should never have done that trade. And, and, and I wonder what will happen there because they've just fired all their offensive staff. Um, and I think they fired all their offensive staff because they can't make anyone make Deshaun Watson look good. Um, and I don't think he's playing next year. I think he's terrible. I don't think he's the same quarterback he was. It's the worst trade I've ever seen in my entire life. What happened to him? What changed wow. in his life that could have? He had a serious shoulder so surgery. In, in, whilst he was off, he had shoulder surgery, and and it, people, are, it's almost reconstructive. It's a massive injury, but because he wasn't actually able to play, it wasn't really reported because he wasn't missing any games he could have played. If that makes sense, mm -hmm. so he had massive shoulder surgery, and he's never recovered from it. His arm strength is not there at all, yeah. and his timing is all off, and he's playing in a team really that doesn't know how to use his set skill set. It's it's shocking. Uh, Dave, your at a point of the week nomination, please. Uh, it's Dan. Not this Dan. No, 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 no. Dan, Dan Campbell. We're, Dan Campbell. Not you, Dan. Why? Why? No. Why are you nominating MCDC? Um, because Dan Campbell's a guy that I've got a lot of time and respect for. He's a he's a tough coach. He um, wants his players to play hard but fair. But in that Rams game, there was a hit by a player who's notoriously dirty. I've seen him hit other players dirty this season. I'm calling you out, Kirby Joseph. Like, you do hit people in a way where you're looking to hurt them. That's my opinion, based on the actions I've seen you take on the football field. And he uh, he, he tore the ACL of Tyler Higby with a, a very low hit. Um, and he got called out by Matthew Stafford on, on the Rams, who basically told him about himself on the field. Now, Dan Campbell came out to defend Kirby Joseph. Okay. But he said that his entire team are like that. No, they're not. Most of your players aren't dirty. Don't do your team down when you are trying to defend somebody who does play to a level of malicious intent that I don't think it's fair to, to, to basically paint everyone else on your team with that same brush. So take stop for a second. Think about what you're condoning. Think about the kind of actions you're condoning. And hopefully... You, you can understand the fact that your team is actually a great team with a great spirit about it, and he doesn't fit into that for me. So, Dan Campbell, get your head on, mate, and understand that dirt in football shouldn't be there because it's a game where you're actually having to trust each other, to be fair. You can easily injure somebody else anytime you want to. Anybody's joint is available to you. Yeah. So you're not hard. You're not hard, Kirby. You're just a muppet, mate. You have a punch okay. week. So that's like a double. That's a double. Yeah, I can't stand it. Do you know uh, what? I've got more um, wound up thinking about it. Because I know. It's just I was so watching wrong, you. Man. I was. It's so I was wrong, but they do that. I was watching you getting more and more psychoized as we went through that, and it was starting to get a little bit concerning. Look, um, we are literally ducking for the finish line. We might even squeeze under an hour. See you later, Dave. Say goodbye, Dave. I didn't want to. You've got to say goodbye. Bye. Thanks, Dan. Cheerio. Just want to say one more thing. No, about the, uh, we're just going to fade him out slowly. <laughs> uh, boys, it's been a pleasure. We will see you next week.